Okay, so what we're going to do right now is we are going to remember. We're going to remember Jesus. Come with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Jesus. Not that we haven't been remembering him the whole service. Amen. Okay, but this particular scripture, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. You know, I grew up in church, and when you hear something over and over and over, just naturally in our human tendency, it can become very familiar, right? And um, those of you who know what I'm talking about, you've heard the message of the cross and his blood over and over and over and over. And at times it, it can become this familiar, powerless story. And not because you want it to, but because it just naturally can seem like that at times because you heard it a lot. But we need to set a guard over our hearts in regards to every piece of scripture to never uh, cause the lens of familiarity to come over our eyes. But, uh, you know, his, the Bible says clearly that his mercy is new every single morning. And I believe that that is literal and also spiritual when you wake up in your mind. When it's the morning in my mind, I'm waking up to something, his mercy is new. That means we don't have to settle for a familiar, dead, dry religion where we quote scripture, but there's no power and we end up falling asleep in the pew as opposed to receiving impartation from the powerful word of God. So I'm going to read this to you, and I encourage you to resist that familiar lens. Amen. Just take it off and smash it. Amen. <laughs> I try and do that every time I read the word, every time I come to church, because there's always the temptation. Amen. And it's almost unconscious because you start hearing the same scripture, and you're like, oh, yeah, and you can almost finish it in your mind before the preacher does, and then you zone out. Not today. Amen. Today we're going to have a fresh impartation of the power of the cross and his blood, and we're going to remember. Amen. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. Uh, I'm going to read first from the NIV, and then we're going to read from the Amplified because it's awesome. Uh, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given it, uh, given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Everyone say, Remember. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Say, Remember. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. I'm going to read the Amplified, which is awesome. For I received from the Lord himself the instruction which I passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And we had, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance. Say affectionate remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Woo! 
do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance. Say affectionate remembrance. Okay, of Jesus. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are symbolically proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. Hallelujah. We're proclaiming not just that Jesus died because even other religions believe that. There's so much more to what he's saying. He's saying he died in the name of the new covenant, which was marked by his blood. It's not enough just to quote it off. We need to affectionately remember the price that he paid to bring us the new covenant. It cost him everything. And there are times in life where we remember things or sometimes in life we actually forget. And this is one of the rare times that Jesus says twice, remember, remember. We need to remember. But not just that, we need to affectionately remember. Think about what he did. Think about the cost. Again, those of us who have been saved a while, you know, we've been in church and we've been programmed to look at the cross and, and at times associated with how terrible our sin is. You see the cross and you're, you've heard preaching, yeah, yeah. See that Jesus on that cross, see him hurting, that's because of your sin. You messed up. You're terrible. You're awful. Look what you did to him. Which is all true, but not through the, vo the voice of condemnation and guilt and shame. The right way to be describing the cross experience is look how valuable you are to him. Look at your value. Look at how much the father paid. To, he, he said nothing. I'm going to hold back nothing to get you to me. Look at the most precious person in all the universe is bleeding because of your value. Because you are so precious. You are so awesome. And when Jesus is saying remember, he's saying remember the new covenant. My blood stamped the value of humanity. It didn't stamp the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. That's what he came to do away with. He came to echo for all eternity the value of the human heart. Your heart. Remember, remember, remember. I believe he repeated it because so many people forget. The enemy is in to bombard our mind, and even in this day and age of the body of Christ, we're getting bombarded with the latest, coolest phrase and Instagram quote, and our minds are being filled with great, amazing, tickling words from every teacher on the face of the earth, but there's no power. There's no remembering the blood and the covenant. Now it's all about the latest, quote, cool thing that someone said. And Jesus said twice in these short amount of scriptures, please remember. I wish I saw more quotes quoting the cross and Jesus on my Instagram feed. Maybe I'm following the wrong people. Jesus, help us all. <laughs> Whatever. Remember, remember how valuable you are. How important it is that his blood paid for the new covenant. That's why we can come freely into his presence. Remember, remember, don't let the enemy steal, kill, destroy seeds inside of you from God. Amen? Remember, remember the blood and everything that it cost him 
to be able to show you your value and get you into an eternity you're going to love. Amen. And right now I want to go ahead and remember him because um, it's not enough just to read this and then nicey, nicey, go take our communion. I want to remember him and I want to remember what it looked like what, in, in doing what he did. So we're going to go to Isaiah 53. I'm going to remember you, Jesus. For the rest of my days, I'm going to remember what you did in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be familiar. This is the inner dialogue that I have before the Lord in my life. Okay, we're going to remember. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He could have said, do this in remembrance of how great this new covenant's going to be. Do this in remembrance of just all the parables I spoke and all that great stuff. He said, remember me. Will you please remember me? Can you please remember the cost? Because it reflects your value. So we're going we're gonna to read Isaiah 53. This is also from the Amplified. I love it. <clears throat> Who has believed and adhered to our message of salvation. And to whom, if not us, has the arm and infinite power of the Lord been revealed? For he, the servant of God, grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground, he has no stately form or majestic splendor that we would look at him, nor handsome appearance that we would be attracted to him. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and he did not appreciate his own worth or esteem himself. Okay, but in fact, he bore our griefs and, uh, and he has carried our sorrows and pains. Remember me, he's saying, remember me. Remember he carried our sorrows and our pains even still. Humankind ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes and wounds, we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But even still, verse 6, all of us like sheep even still have gone astray. We've forgotten. We've turned each one of us to his own way. We've been selfish. We've been living our own lives. But even still, the Lord has caused the wickedness of all of us, of our sin, of our injustice, of our wrongdoing. He's still allowed it to fall on himself instead of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, but he didn't open his mouth to complain or defend himself. Sha, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before her shears, so he did not open his mouth. Hop down to verse 10. Yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. If he would give himself as a guilt offering and an atonement for sin, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the will and good pleasure of the Lord shall succeed and prosper in his hand. Hallelujah. 
And as a result of the anguish of his soul, he shall see it and be satisfied by his knowledge of what he has accomplished, the righteous one. My servant shall justify many. Hallelujah. Making them righteous, upright before God, and in right standing with him. For he shall bear the responsibility for my sin. Therefore, I will divide and give him a portion with the great, the kings and rulers, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty because he willingly poured out his life unto death and he was counted among the transgressors. Yet he himself bore and took away the sin of many and interceded with the Father for all the transgressors. Hallelujah. Jesus, we will remember the anguish. He was crushed. He stood in the place that was meant for us. Because we got salvation as a free gift, sometimes we forget the cost that it was to pay for our sin. Sometimes we dull down the severity of the payment. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, Whether you're saved or not, there must be payment for sin. It is the law of the universe. And at times we become so familiar with what Jesus did, but it was such a severe sacrifice. The Lord was crushed. He bore all of our sin. He was a man of many sorrows. But what I love about this scripture, it says that he did not open his mouth. He did not complain, but he took it, and he took it, and he took it, and he laid it upon himself. Even when people were mocking him, and even when people were walking away, he still saw it fit to carry their sin upon himself. powerful. Remember me, Jesus said. Remember me. Remember me. Remember what I did. This is what he did. Don't be familiar. Don't forget the severity of what I paid for. Don't allow yourself to, which is why as a, as a body of people, we're making communion a regular thing every month because we want to remember him. If you would have seen and sat with him that day as the disciples did, I wonder if tears were rolling down his eyes as he was saying, remember me, please remember me. If you were sitting with someone on their final days as they were about to go and and leave the earth and they said, remember me, you would never forget that moment. And we're looking through the eyes of time and through this new covenant and we're not forgetting the moment, Jesus. Because our sin costs something. And we can't just roll around in our Christianity saying, bless the Lord, oh, he, saved my, oh, he saved me, and I thank you for his blood, blah, 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 so familiar. And not even counting the preciousness of what it cost for you. All of us have done it. I have done it. I am so sorry to Jesus the times that I've done it. I'm so gr- truly, I am so grateful for what he did. But I have to keep my heart in check. And, and a soberness before me when I consider him saying, please remember me, please remember what I did. Because it directly reflects how valuable you are to me.
You know, have you ever heard anyone say, um, I plead the blood of Jesus when they're praying? And I, you know, sometimes you hear these Christian things and you think it sounds cool, so you just, like, repeat it because it sounds, like, really powerful. <laughs> okay? I've done that, and I would do that. I just thought, oh, the, you know, his, his blood is one of the most powerful things in the universe. Yeah, I, just, I plead the blood, too. You know? Devil or whatever I was throwing it at. I'm sure the Lord received it, even though I feel he didn't understand, you know. And then I figured out where that came from. We all know the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, right? And, and there are times in our lives where we are accused by the devil, we're accused by people, we're accused by hell, but also our sin is an accusation against us before God. Okay, and there are times when things are happening in life, and you're, or even let's talk about the demonic, it's hitting you, your mind is swirling, and you're like, don't know what to pray, you've prayed in tongues forever, and you know, it's almost like there's a courtroom, and you're in the courtroom, and all you're getting is like standing before God, and the devil's just slamming you, and there's no way you can defend yourself. And, and, and you know, when there is a courtroom, the judge always says, what do you plead? And there are times in our lives where we are before God and in the struggle or in the fight or whatever is going on in life, we're pleading other things. I, I, you know, I'm pleading my distress. I'm pleading my uh, sorrow or my self-pity. I'm pleading my excuses. Or you might even be the other way and pleading your own strength, your own works, how great, you know, reasons why you should be let off the hook or reasons why this shouldn't be happening to you, but that's not the correct thing you should be saying before God. Because you don't plead your strength, you don't plead your weakness, you plead the blood of Jesus, which covers you and marks out every transgression against you, every argument of hell, the blood of Jesus, nothing can stand against it. And there are times in lives that even Jesus could have pled something before God, but instead he pled his blood to say, no, I'm going to make a way where there is no way. And some of us in our lives, we need to just get, get to the point of the thing I need the most is the power of the blood of Jesus covering me. So that when I get accused, to, the, the devil tries to pick on me, I say, I'm not pleading fear or I'm not, I'm not agreeing to you. I plead the blood. And he can say nothing to that. Every argument is broken down. Every assignment has to bow the knee to the name and the blood of Jesus. Every sickness, I plead the blood of Jesus. Every night when I put my kids to bed or whenever they go to sleep, I'm like, I plead the blood of Jesus. You can have every fancy prayer you want. The blood of Jesus is where the power is because that's what changed the covenant. That's what wiped away your sin. And not just wiped away, it paid for your sin. It made it right before you and God. So while we remember what he did, we need to use it as our main uh, source of communication before God and even the devil. The blood of Jesus is why I enter confidently before you, God. I'm coming into the throne room, and some of you have been timid before God, and you've been afraid before God, and, and you've been uh, fearful and thinking you're unworthy or you're the terrible person that put Jesus there. You, you, just, you just need to go into the throne room and be like, pleading the blood of Jesus right now, pleading the blood of Jesus. I can come right in, and, and, and the Father sees you righteous because he sees you through the lens of the blood of Jesus. Okay, you need, to, you need to remember him. Remember your value and how precious you are that he would be crushed 
for you. This is the power of God, the gospel, what Jesus did. There is no greater, trendier, awesome message than the cross and his blood and the good news that you no longer have to plead your works, your strength. You just plead the blood. And I'm going to read the end of this. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 11:23, and I'm going to read the end of this. Okay, affectionately remember. Affectionately remember. That's what we're going to do today. I'm going to go down into verse 27 that we didn't read. It says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. But a person must prayerfully examine themselves and his relationship to Christ. And only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Hey, we're going to take communion right now, but I don't want you to come up until you've done what the Word says. Prayerfully examine yourself before the Lord. Because it says, don't even come up until you've prayerfully examined your heart and your relationship with Jesus. Okay, some of you, you've been, you've been dabbling in the spirit of the world. You've been toying with your Christianity and you've been familiar and you've been picky and choosy of when you want to come to things and when you don't and you've been favoring your friends over Jesus and when Jesus is looking at you today saying, will you remember me? Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how much I paid so that I could be close to you? Please remember. So right now, I encourage you to prayerfully examine your heart and your relationship with Jesus. And before we take any communion, I'm actually going to invite you to give your life to Jesus afresh right now. What does afresh mean? It means fresh, new. It means not in the old way, but it's a new day. It's fresh. Jesus was crushed for you. Not so that you could play a nicey Christianity, but so that you could have an intimate relationship with him where it was as on earth as it is in heaven. Where you could walk in freedom and in clarity of mind, not in guilt and shame, not in lust. Some of you have been filling yourselves on lust because there's such a void inside of you. You need the love of Jesus so bad. And you've been filling yourself even with success. And you haven't been satisfied and there's this underlying guilt that you feel in your heart. And Jesus is calling, remember me. Remember me. Remember my body. Remember my blood. It wasn't just for me. It was for you. Not to live mediocre. Not to live a familiar, dead, dry life in religion. Nobody wants that.
So I'm going to invite you to come to the front. If you need to rededicate your life before God, the Bible says that if we proclaim the name of Jesus before men, he will proclaim our name before the Father in heaven. And I'm not talking about just staying in your seat and doing it between you and God, which is good. I'm asking you to be brave right now. Even if you're worried about what people will think of you, oh, they, they know I've been a Christian or they know this and that. I want you to be brave because Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now and you better answer. You don't want to go around another mountain, amen? Even if you're like, I've done this 20 times in my Christianity, do it again for the sake of your conscience. So right now I want you to come. Come on, I know there's people in this room. You need to give your heart to Jesus afresh.